A reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing the man and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed and kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends, when you hear the word authority, what comes to mind? Is it a positive or a negative word for you, or maybe neutral? Do you think of a particular person or experience? Are you drawn to the word, or do you want to stand at a distance from it and watch to see what it will do first? Who has authority in your life? How have you seen authority used or abused? Where have you seen it do good? What authority do you have? Is this sermon just going to be 15 minutes of questions? No. But the story from early in Mark's gospel provokes a lot of questions, a lot of wondering, at least for me and maybe for you too. There's a lot happening here, and we're only 20 verses into this gospel. So far, Jesus has encountered John the Baptist out in the wilderness and been baptized by him as the heavens ripped open and a voice and a dove landed on him. He then spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by Satan and waited on by angels. Jesus has seen the John the Baptist arrested, and he's called a group of unlikely candidates, namely professional fishermen mostly, to follow him. Now he's arrived in Capernaum, and the work really begins. He starts as a religiously observant person might do, which is he goes to worship to start the week off right. Not only does he go to worship, he's invited to be the preacher for the day. And those gathered in the synagogue are astounded by how he teaches. For as the story says, he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, much of our attention is drawn to what happens next when an unclean spirit enters worship in the flesh of a person and disrupts the careful order of the day. We tend to get a lot of questions in our mind about what the story means by unclean spirit and why the unclean spirit seems to be the only living thing that understands who Jesus really is or what happened to the man once he was freed from the pain and suffering of being possessed by something outside himself? But woven into this whole narrative 
starting before the unclean spirit even shows up, is the question of authority. And that brings us back to our long list of questions at the beginning. I'll admit that the word and the idea of authority make me kind of nervous. I've certainly seen people use authority wisely and carefully and for the greater good. I've also seen it abused and twisted and crafted to serve as a weapon, a way to divide and conquer. I have sometimes been the authoritative person in a room and I don't always like the way it feels, like a weight, a responsibility pressing down with a level of expectation that gives me pause. And I've been the not authoritative person in a room and felt exposed and unprotected, wondering how the more powerful ones will bear and manage the weight they are carrying. Go back to that long list of questions I started with, and to this one especially. When you hear the word authority, who or what comes to mind? Here's where I wish I could pause from the pulpit for a moment and invite you to turn to someone next to you and share your answers, your responses, because I suspect that the diversity among us would be profound. And I mean, if you're participating in this online worship service with someone else in your house, feel free to pause this video right now and talk about that question for a moment. Just be prepared to hear something you didn't expect, maybe even something you don't like. I'll admit that many of the examples of authority I could come up with tend toward the negative more than the positive. I think more of misuses and abuses of authority of power, twisting and turning it to serve selfish and destructive purposes. I think about those in powerful positions who have used their authority to enrich themselves at the cost of others' lives or corporations denying the science of climate change because they're protecting their profit margins, or resistance to changing our methods of policing that result in inequitable treatment of communities of color, or repeating falsehoods about election fraud, which led to violence and may lead to more violence yet still. I think about more intimate abuses of power and authority too in homes in marriages and parenting, in churches and neighborhoods and workplaces, in settings where only one or two people know what really happened, but the damage can be life-changing. In other words, authority makes me a little nervous sometimes. But I know that choosing not to talk about it or dissect it or notice it can easily just cause more harm because authority is out there. Human systems have power and people have authority and ignoring that doesn't make it go away. Ignoring it only allows the abuses and the harm to flourish. Mark's gospel is clear right from the start that Jesus has authority. It's known in his teaching It draws in a group of fishermen who are transformed into disciples. Jesus' authority doesn't shy away from confronting anything that divides and demeans and isolates us from one another. It casts out evil in any form. 
Jesus has that authority simply because of who he is. We need to ask ourselves about how people come to have authority, about the ways that power is given unequally so that some voices are amplified and others are ignored. And we need to ask those questions about pretty much every system we've got. Politics, church, corporations, schools, healthcare, cities, policing, judicial systems, and you could, you could add many more. At least part of what this story shows us is that authority and what it looks like and how it works is a question for people of faith. We see it in Jesus. So how do we see it in the world? But where the story really presses in is what we do with authority when we have it. God's authority is seen and made flesh in Jesus. So we can start with, what does Jesus do with his authority? Here's a couple of things I notice, and I invite you to look at the story again and see what you notice. First, Jesus' authority opens up new understandings of old stories. The first place, Jesus, first place people recognize Jesus' authority is while he's teaching. And as a good rabbinical leader, he's undoubtedly talking about scripture. People are astounded by what he's doing and saying, which doesn't mean that the scribes they were used to were boring or irrelevant, but just that something about Jesus shows there's more room for newness in the biblical witness than people maybe thought. That it's a good and beautiful and authoritative thing when we encounter God in new ways in the Bible. That new, fresh insights into Scripture can be authoritative. That's what Jesus is doing. That frees us to seek out voices that we haven't listened to before. Actually, it compels us to do just that. Second, Jesus' authority is found in his truth-telling. He understands the gravity of what's happening when this man enters worship and is disruptive. Jesus isn't afraid to name exactly what it is. This is a spirit that seeks to divide and harm. And Jesus is going to use his authority to tell the truth about that and to liberate not only the man who has the unclean spirit, but the whole community. Because once that spirit is gone, the community can worship and this man can participate fully as his whole self. This means in turn that from the start, Mark's gospel is telling us that Jesus has authority and has come to confront anything that divides and demeans us. Anything that holds us captive and keeps us from truly seeing each other. Jesus is here to cast out anything that abuses power and authority for its own ends. The stakes are high. Jesus refuses to let a community and this individual be held hostage by harm and abuse. Jesus has come to heal and teach and forgive and feed and love. But the story also makes it clear that Jesus has come to name and confront and expel evil whatever form it takes. Now, the story calls it an unclean spirit. We might call it sexism or racism or anti-Semitism or Islamophobia or a thousand other names. 
But whatever shows up in our human communities to divide us, to tell us to fear each other, to isolate us in our echo chambers, convince us that violence and hatred are the only way forward, then Jesus is here to cast that out. Now, you might think to yourself, well, Jesus has authority to cast out unclean spirits. I sure don't. But is that really true? Will you find yourself in a moment that gives you the chance to stand against hatred or fear or racism, any phobia of another person against divisions and the abuse of power? I can almost guarantee it. Will you respond perfectly every time? Almost certainly not. Will you get another chance? Almost certainly, yes. The stakes are high. They always have been. But do we have the authority to act? This story is very clear. Yes. We who are the body of Christ have not only the authority, but the call to stand up, to tell the truth, to name what we see. When we see division and hatred, when we see anything that teaches us to fear or harm another person, then even though it might disrupt the routines of life, we have the authority and we are called to stand up and cast it out. Maybe we can end where we began with some questions. Read the story again and then ask yourself, what authority do I have and what am I called to do with it? Amen.